This is Jason Holleran. I proudly served for 33 years, culminating as the Deputy Commandant at West Point. Put this on your calendar. World War II weekend inside Old Bethpage Village Restoration on Long Island. Scores of operational vintage armor in formation May 18th and 19th. Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman invites you to join him in saluting America's greatest generation and all those who have worn the uniform in defense of our freedoms. That's May 18th and 19th, presented by the Museum of American Armor. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. What a bust. I was watching. I was glued to the hearings in prime time, watching what they were going to say at the January 6th House Select Committee hearings. And I was expecting some big, big bombshell, some really earth-shattering testimony we hadn't heard before, some amazing eyewitness accounts Um, Some powerful testimony. Remember, they also even brought in uh, the former president of ABC News, and he was sort of to bring in the bells and whistles, and Jamie Raskin was saying that this was going to be bigger than Watergate. This, forget about Watergate, this isn't even like a puddle. This is a mess. This, to me, was incredibly disappointing. And if I'm the Democrats tonight... I would go, boy, we're in trouble in November because we don't have much. And to me, it was so incredibly transparent tonight that what I was hearing was just one big political sham after another. Every statement was like Trump, 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 or racism, 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 or, you know, uh, Proud Boys, Oath Keepers. Here's one part of the tweet, and they wouldn't read the rest of the tweet that would even exonerate Trump. It was just so blatantly political. And I want to hear your thoughts tonight here on the Rita Cosby Show because I was really curious to see. And by the way, I went in with an open mind, as I'm sure many of you did. I was very disappointed to see the Capitol breach. I don't like any destruction. I hate to see these images of, like, officers being shoved and pushed and things like that. To me, that was absolutely horrible. But already 800 people have faced federal charges and a number of them have already pled out for, you know, whether it was assault or a whole bunch of different layers tied to this. And I kept thinking tonight, what are they going to have other than we've already heard? I did not hear anything that was explosive, anything that was revealing. All I saw was one big partisan sham. And I want to hear your thoughts tonight as to what you made of what they thought was going to be the biggest hearings of the century. If this is what they got and this was the big opening salvo, boy, are they in trouble. And to me, this just shows to me how desperate the Democrats are come November. Because if this is what they got after interviewing a thousand people, And going through 140,000 pages of documents, that's what they said they did. I would go, boy, what a waste of taxpayer money. This, to me, was abominable. 
And quite frankly, I expected a heck of a lot more from Liz Cheney, from the Democrats. I could pull a second grader off the street and say, hey, listen, try to make the case and put in a producer and do a little bells and whistles and do this and that. I didn't hear anything in there that to me was really eye-opening, that was transformative. To me, it was so disgustingly political and also, quite frankly, boring. I didn't see anything. And guess what? All I kept thinking about as I was watching it tonight, and I was watching closely the video to go, gosh, is there something new or something different? All I kept thinking about, there were two things I was thinking about. One was, of course, the summer of 2020 when there were so many riots across this country and police officers were getting shot. They were getting beaten. They had the worst thing said to them. They still are getting that from many people on the left. And these people did nothing to stop it. They never condemned it. They never told them, please don't go out there and beat police officers and break into businesses and burn, loot, and steal. I mean, all of these images, all I kept thinking about is, let's see this video that you say is this bombshell video from this independent filmmaker tonight, this Nick Quested, who was with the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers. And I'm looking at it going, you know what, nothing that I saw there was anywhere near as bad as some of the images that we saw in the summer of 2020. How about some of the images where, like, the police station is being burned to the ground and rioters are shooting up in the air in front of everybody, opening fire? And how about uh, David Dorn, who was killed by looters who broke into a business that he was trying to protect in St. Louis? And then the other thing I thought about was shame on this president, President Biden, because Tonight, he has yet to make a statement about a guy who shows up at Brett Kavanaugh's home, the Supreme Court justice's home, loaded for bear. The guy had a gun. He had a knife. He had zip ties. He had a hammer. He had a crowbar. And he said he had planned to kill Brett Kavanaugh, took a cab to his house, dressed all in black, and was also planning to commit suicide. That's pretty scary stuff. And so far... The president of the United States has said zero about that. How dare you? The double standards is just disgusting. And I don't like seeing our capital being overrun. I don't like people breaking into buildings or doing any of that stuff. I don't like any of that. And I don't like seeing an officer being shoved and people being shouted at. And, you know, I'm all for protest, but peaceful protest. But those who were breaking the law, gosh, many of them have been arrested and many of them have gotten so much more of a punishment than they ever would. I mean, in fact, today, this guy who is running for governor of Michigan, a Republican candidate, has the FBI show up at his home and it's for four misdemeanors, including disrupting the public. That's the charge he's got. And four FBI agents show up at his home. Are you kidding me? Talk about a political move. Wow, what a surprise. Just hours before the committee. If that's the best you got, the Democrats are in huge trouble in November. I want to hear your thoughts tonight. It's 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. First off, I knew they were in trouble when Benny Thompson, the congressman, who was one of the chairs of the committee, the Democratic chair of the committee. They're all Democrats, even though Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger 
quote, are a Republican, but they, like, hate Trump. So the whole thing is just a sham. There's nothing of anybody on the other side who is advocating for President Trump. I've never seen a committee hearing where the other side couldn't be represented, and the Democrats wouldn't allow it. So they put Liz Cheney there, who is basically a Democrat. Same with Adam Kinzinger. So they're there on the committee, all right? And then the rest are clearly Democrats. And it starts off with the chair, Benny Thompson. And within a minute, he doesn't even talk about, you know, uh, the pushing or the shoving or any of that. No, no, no. He goes right to racism. Take a listen. This was within like a minute of his opening statement tonight. I was born, raised, and still live in Bolton, Mississippi, a town with a population of 521, which is midway between Jackson and Vicksburg, Mississippi, and the Mississippi River. I'm from a part of the country where people justify the actions of slavery, the Ku Klux Klan, and lynching. I'm reminded of that dark history as I hear voices today try and justify the actions of the insurrectionists on January 6th, 2021. So here he is playing the race card. What did race have to do with people showing up on Capitol Hill, first listening to different rallies, different comments, and then going into the Capitol? What did race have to do with it? It had zero to do with it. And how dare He bring that up. It's like every time the Democrats bring up race, it's race, it's race, it's race. It gets so old and it gets so overused and misused. And I just think it's shameful that within one minute he talks about how he grew up in the South, which, yeah, was a tough time. But what does that have to do with why you're here? So then he goes to basically saying that anybody who's a Trump supporter is basically a domestic terrorist. Listen to this. It was domestic enemies of the Constitution who stormed the Capitol and occupied the Capitol, who sought to thwart the will of the people to stop the transfer of power. And so they did. So at the encouragement of the President of the United States. And then he got to exactly what this really is all about. This is all about trying to put some sort of dent into President Trump because they're worried about him still being an enormous force in the Republican Party and kicking their butts, first of all, by supporting candidates in the midterm and then potentially running himself for president in 2024. So listen to what their allegation is. And this is Benny Thompson kind of getting to what he thinks is the basis for these committees. Donald Trump was at the center of this conspiracy. And ultimately, Donald Trump, the president of the United States, spurred a mob of domestic enemies of the Constitution to march down the Capitol and subvert American democracy. So is there anything new that you heard there? And was there anything that they said that directly said that that is what exactly happened, that literally connects him to that. All I kept thinking about was Chuck Schumer and his statement, and we played it last night on the show because we were talking about these threats to Brett Kavanaugh. And remember Chuck Schumer saying, you know, you will pay a price. You won't know what hit you, Gorsuch and Kavanaugh, if you make this decision. 
I mean, that was much more inflammatory than anything they played or anything they showed from President Trump in terms of invoking violence, in terms of inciting the crowd to do this. And this is, again, another comment from Benny Thompson, the chair of the Democrats, talking about Trump. January 6th was the culmination of an attempted coup, a brazen attempt, as one rioter put it shortly after January 6th, to overthrow the government. It was so bogus and so lame, and to me, it shows that, boy, are they desperate. This is the best you got. And how dare you not talk about Brett Kavanaugh? You've got a Supreme Court justice, and there was an assassination plot against him yesterday, and tonight you're doing this dog and pony show? Are you kidding me? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Alex on line two. Alex, your thoughts about the hearing. What did you think? Hey, good evening. Thanks for taking the call. You know what? I'm sorry. I didn't go in with an open mind into this hearing because this committee has lost its credibility months ago. They are so partisan from the very start. But I think that they have this open hearing tonight because they want January 6th to dominate the news because Joe Biden already ran out of excuses. But Rita, I want to ask you one small request. Um, I want to have a, 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 a caller-to-caller debate with Stan here on the radio about January 6th because I have all the arguments straight and all the facts, and I'm so sure that I'm going to win this argument with Stan. Would that be possible? Well, if Stan calls in, we'll make sure. So you just hang on if you want. We'll see if good old Stan calls in. I don't know if Stan has the guts to call in because, you know what, after tonight, if I were Stan, I'd be crying like a little baby in my corner. That's what I would be doing. Yeah, but I have questions for him that I don't think he would be able to answer. It's I don't, I'm not just going with the media talking points. You know what? Why didn't Trump didn't have to expect the violence to, to happen on January 6th because before January 6th there were a few Trump protests and there was no violence at those protests. So he didn't have to expect violence, and the Democrats are saying you have to expect that there was going to be a riot on January 6th. I want Stan to respond to that. I don't think he would have an answer to that. Well, I'll give you actually a di- I'll things. give you actually a different answer, Alex, based on facts. One of the things that I thought was really interesting, and this is why I know that they're clearly in trouble and just grasping at straws, the Democrats, because you know they played a comment, and Liz Cheney said, um, and in fact, let me play it. This is actually cut 46. Um, I want to play Cut 46. This is Liz Cheney, and and I'll explain it. It kind of hits on what you were talking about, sort of them trimming the edges. But here's Cut 46. Take a listen. Not only did President Trump refuse to tell the mob to leave the Capitol, he placed no call to any element of the United States government to instruct that the Capitol be defended. He did not call his Secretary of Defense on January 6th. He did not talk to his Attorney General. He did not talk to the Department of Homeland Security. President Trump gave no order to deploy the National Guard that day, and he made no effort to work with the Department of Justice to coordinate and deploy law enforcement assets. So, Alex, what's really interesting is there are multiple reports and apparently memos and other things that show that President Trump was asking for the National Guard, not that day. But he had been asking for it days before because everybody knew there were going to be a lot of people coming to the Capitol. He wanted to make sure things were peaceful. So did you? it's really interesting if you listen 
to her language. I always look at what people, how they trim it. They're very careful. Liz Cheney is a smart woman. I've known Liz Cheney a long time. She's a smart woman. I don't agree with what she has done and thrown the president under the bus and how she's handled all this. But she was very careful to say that day. And that is correct. What she said is correct. Apparently, he did not call for the National Guard that day because he'd been asking for it the days before. So she never said that. So so you got to be careful what you said as your argument, because he did actually want people to come the days before he was asking to be in place. Should anything happen, not because he was expecting violence, just because he was expecting a big crowd. So to me, it, it shows good intent of him wanting things to be safe. But the guard wasn't there. And as we know from John Solomon, who was on our show actually a few days ago, he broke it on our show. There were so many security breaches. So why wasn't Nancy? Why why didn't they have all this great security knowing even if you think it's going to be 5,000 grandmothers coming, you'd still have more security than they had? It's really odd, Alex. Real quick, Alex, go ahead and respond. Yeah, Liz Cheney is so stupid. What does she think that you plan such a big protest? the security for such a protest on the day of the protest. No, you got to plan everything in advance. And Nancy Pelosi was so lazy, she should have had the security in place, and she should be questioned and really interrogated by Republicans in the Congress. And there are a lot of questions that they would have to ask her. Why isn't she testifying? I agree, and they have been asking that, and that's why this is such a sham of a hearing. Alex, thank you so much. Call back if you see that Stan calls in. Let's see if he has the guts to do it. And if he does, you call back, and I'll put you guys on. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show. Listen to this podcast now on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Download all of Red Apple Media's podcasts right now through your favorite podcast platform. It's the Rita Cosby Show. So I was watching the hearings, but boy, was it a disappointment. I actually thought maybe they have something really interesting we haven't seen before. I'm open to hearing it. But I didn't see it, and I'm talking about the January 6th hearing, and to me it shows that, boy, are they desperate. This is day one. This was the big bombshell opening. Uh, This wasn't even firecrackers. This was like a neighborhood sparkler, you know? I mean, this was bad, really bad. And here is Liz Cheney talking about President Trump. On this point, there is no room for debate. Those who invaded our Capitol and battled law enforcement for hours were motivated by what President Trump had told them, that the election was stolen and that he was the rightful president. President Trump summoned the mob, assembled the mob, and lit the flame of this attack. Right. That's why he said go peacefully and protest. That is a lot softer than what Chuck Schumer and what a number of other Democrats have said. What about Maxine Water? Get in their face. You tell them they're not welcome here. I, I mean, are you kidding me? one 800 Let's go to Norm. Line four. Go ahead, Norm. Your thoughts about this. What a disappointment Hi, for, for the Democrats. If I were the Democrats, I'd be like, uh, I'd be drinking a lot of booze tonight, you know? Yes. 
I have a small prepared statement. Um, I'm a proud wait, January wait, 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 a recasting of a protest into an insurrection. Nothing about Ashley Babbitt's murder, nothing about the total lack of security, nothing about the so-called insurrectionists imprisoned for almost two years now without due process. And finally, if this was an insurrection rivaling the actual 1812 one, how come they came with no weapons? And that, that's pretty much the only thoughts I have about it. Uh, I... Uh, I am not ashamed of my actions. Uh, I did not storm the Capitol uh, for those people who I felt were mm, foolish enough to go into the Capitol. Uh, what, what, yeah, did, what did you make, have... Norm, let me ask you, what did you make of of basically them saying essentially anybody who was there was a domestic terrorist? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I mean, to yeah. me, there were a lot of people there that were there mm-hmm. for peaceful reasons like you, right. you know, um, who weren't, right. didn't breach the Capitol, didn't do. And there no. were people that were basically let into the Capitol. What a, is that a breach? Right. If they're, if they're, you know, how about the video where you see them kind of hanging out in the Capitol, wrote, you know, when they're inside, Norm, and you right. see them and you see the officer. Oh, yeah, just go over here and take a quick picture. Don't stay too long. OK, thank you. Does that sound like right. I mean, is that person, uh, you know, an uh, uh, intruder, you know? <laughs> No. Well, they might. They might be. Well, I don't know if they were an intruder or not. But the, from what I can see, they they weren't terrorists. Yeah. No. You're. I agree. There were so many over the top statements. Listen to this podcast now on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Download all of Red Apple Media's podcasts right now through your favorite podcast platform. Rita Cosby is on. Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, a very powerful story coming from Atlanta, Georgia, where Atlanta police officers were called to assist members of the Atlanta Fire and Rescue Department at a home in northwest Atlanta where they rescued a woman from a house fire. Now, the firefighters responded to the home after a report of a fire, and they discovered a 25-year-old woman inside the burning building who was refusing to come on out. According to the police, the woman was holding a knife as she stood on a window ledge, threatening suicide as officials tried to get her to extinguish the fire um, and also to come on outside. When they finally had reduced the danger from the fire enough on their own to allow officers to inside deal with the distraught and armed woman, four officers then entered the home. Although the building was still filled with smoke, the courageous officers were able to locate the woman in an upstairs room. Following their training, they were ready with a range of options to allow them to safely de-escalate what was a very tense situation. Once located, the woman repeatedly pled for the officers to kill her. Despite the very dangerous conditions, the resistance from the troubled woman, officers were able to restrain her and carry her to safety outside the home. And once outside, medical personnel treated her and she was taken to the hospital for evaluation. The Atlanta Police Department said, quote, We applaud these officers and their bravery, prompt action, 
and teamwork that saved this woman's life. Their training and compassion shine bright in this very powerful incident. And bravo to them. And it just goes to show all the difficult and really tough situations that law enforcement encounter on a day-to-day basis. Well, we're talking about the January 6th hearings. It was the first one in primetime tonight, and I think it was one big primetime bust. Take a listen first off. This is when I knew that the Democrats, and especially Liz Cheney, who's basically spearheading the whole thing, even though she's a Republican, but Republican in name only, um, but Liz Cheney just read part of a tweet. And to me, I was laughing because the whole tweet was up there on the screen as you're watching it. And she just read sort of part of the tweet. And that's when I was like, wait, 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 wait. And first she kind of laid the groundwork saying, you know what? President Trump fueled the flames that this was sort of predetermined, preplanned. Here's a little bit of that. And then we'll get to the tweet. The attack on our Capitol was not a spontaneous riot. Intelligence available before January 6th identified plans to, quote, invade the Capitol, occupy the Capitol, and take other steps to halt Congress's count of electoral votes that day. But she doesn't say who that's attributed to. So, again, you're going to say, all right, so-and-so said that, and then somehow connect the dots back to President Trump. It's like, let's throw some more darts And then here is the tweet that I just mentioned. I want to have you hear how she describes what's in the tweet from President Trump. And this was at a pivotal moment. This is at the moment where now they've breached the Capitol. They've gone in and people were saying, you know, President Trump, can you please tell them to leave? You know, these are your a lot of your followers and they love you. That's why they're there. They're angry. Um, Please tell them to, to go and listen to how she reads the tweet. Take a listen. Donald Trump tweeted, but he did not condemn the attack. Instead, he justified it. These are the things and events that happen, he said, when a sacred landslide election victory is so unceremoniously and viciously stripped away from great patriots who've been badly and unfairly treated for so long. So then I'm looking at it on the screen and the rest of the tweet that she didn't read out loud, but she showed it was go home, everybody. We love you. You're very special. So she leaves out the part that's literally the next sentence there on the tweet where it says go home. And she says he didn't say anything. He didn't tell people to leave. Yeah, he did. He said go home. We love you. You're special. Maybe he should have said absolutely stop what you're doing there's different ways you could say it but he clearly said go home you know this was his way of saying leave he wasn't saying stay at the capitol and keep on going to me as soon as i saw that i thought boy are the democrats in trouble and that was like almost one of the first things out of liz cheney's mouth 1-800-848-9222 Uh, Let's go to Mary on line three. Mary, your thoughts about the way Liz Cheney handled this tonight. Hi, Rita. Thank you for taking my call. I never thought that in the 21st century I'd be treated to a reenactment of the Salem witch trials. But Liz Cheney did a wonderful job. And the next show I'd like to see is a scandal of the neocons led by her father with a mushroom cloud speech about the war based on lies, 
followed by the fall of the Twin Towers on 9-11, which a lot of people suspect the Bush-Cheney administration of orchestrating. And the last thing I would love to hear is a repeat of the Schumer screech, because when you described it, you didn't do justice to this man's uh, wolf-like howl. Uh, when he screamed, uh, I, I hope you replay it because I called in about it the other day. And the racism part is unbelievable because, according to CRT, all white people are born racist. And you have to look and see that Biden, Schumer, Pelosi, Cheney, and Liz Cheney, they're all white. So they must be racist. Uh, right. Well, you know what was interesting? Did you see Benny Thompson? Right away, started using the phrase, you know, he grew up in a, you know, a racist state. He grew up in, and I'm thinking, what does that have to do with all? Like, it, to me, it, it just showed to me desperation. Um, there are cases of racism in this country, but what happened in January 6th was not one of them. You know, that's, that's not what they, they didn't even talk about that other than him throwing that out there at the beginning. Um, but Mary, in your honor, this is Senator Chuck Schumer and his screeching. Here it is. I want to tell you, Gorsuch, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. So, Mary, I'm glad you did ask me to replay that because... Contrast that to President Trump and his tweet to say, we love you. You're all very special. Go home. <laughs> you know, I mean, if that's if that's the standard, you know, Schumer should be there. You know, uh, Maxine Waters should be there. Uh, there should be hearings about their rhetoric and the results of their rhetoric. Well, I agree. And uh, I think this is a wonderful historical reenactment of the Salem witch trials. Yeah, that's that's a good analogy, Mary. That is actually because it is. It's like it's like this. They claim it with a predisposition and, you know, they are not looking at anything else. And they're selectively picking lines. That to me shows how desperate they are, Mary. Yeah, and I remember 9-11, and lots of books have been written about it. I experienced it because I was in the subway. Well, Mary, I want to stay focused. I want to stay focused on on, uh, on this hearing, obviously, tonight. But, Mary, you're great. Thank you so much for calling. Let's go to J.C. Thank you, well, Rita. Thank you, Mary. Thank you very much. Let's go to J.C. in PA. Go ahead, J.C. What did you think of the hearings tonight? Yeah, how, how evil, corrupt people these Democrats are. And Liz Cheney, too. But however, can you say delusional? So this, the Biden administration is the WW3 administration. Weak, woke, and willing to lie, cheat, and steal against the American people. Two points that nobody's bringing up is that there are videos of this, of the Capitol Police ushering people in to open doors inside the, con- inside the, the congressional building. No, that, by the way, J.C., you're, you're correct. And I remember you, even the guys who got inside that, like, uh, the famous shaman guy who, like, remember was in the solitary confinement yeah. and may still be, yeah. um, which is just amazing. Here it is, you know, X, uh, you know, year plus later. It's astounding. Um, but, 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 no, J.C., I wanted to bring up one other point that in yeah. addition to that, the security – um, and, and I'll let you make your, your other point, but the security is interesting, J.C., because you you remind me of 
you know, as I just was saying, and I still can't get past this, that there are reports and they're coming from a variety of people and there are apparently memos out there and people who are in these meetings and say that President Trump did ask for X amount of National Guard to be there. That was prior to January 6th just because he knew there'd be a lot of people and he wanted everything to be safe, not not expecting anything, but just in the, you know, the capital area, right? Um, and then the, and then they don't come. We don't know why they didn't come. We don't know why Nancy Pelosi, who's in charge of security, didn't do certain things. And then we're also finding out that a lot of the doors were open. Uh, the elevator that's like goes to like the secret sort of fourth floor. That's a very high security area. That was open. You didn't have to like, you know, use a key to get in there. A lot of their offices were open. So it's like, like there's some enormous security breaches that are just astounding to me, JC, when you, and and even if you didn't know any of these things, you know, even if you didn't know that maybe some people were angry and going to get out of hand or whatever, if you knew that X amount of people were coming, you know, to the hearing, you know, and I mean, coming to the, listen to the speeches, coming to outside of the Capitol, um, even if, even if, and I use this analogy just to, you know, to highlight it, but even if it was a bunch of grandmothers, I said, I'm honestly, if there were like 5,000 grandmothers in wheelchairs, you know, um, who were, uh, you know, sipping eggnog or, or sipping tea, you know, I'd still want to have some security around just because it's a lot of people, you know, uh, you know, you just want to make sure that when you have a lot of people that things are handled well and crowds and all that. So where was the security that day? And and it sure doesn't seem like we're ever going to get the answer to it. And and just like you said, a number of them were let in. I mean, here it is. Like you look at that video. I remember that video where the shaman and the other guys were hanging around and the officer was like, have a seat over here. Yeah, you can take a picture. Just, you know, don't mess anything up. Just stay quickly. And they're like, OK, thank you, officer. I mean, you know, where's that? You know, where's that footage? Yeah, you don't read it. I have that other point, but to add to your point, I know the reason why Nancy Pelosi did not take the National Guard, because she wanted this to happen so she could use it against Trump to to actually try to impeach him again. That's the downright honest answer. But to my other point, the real crime, the only real crime, okay, there was crime there, but the only real devastating thing was the one uh, member of the Capitol security shot that woman. She was unarmed. She, he shot her. He killed her. Why isn't he on trial? Yeah, and you know what? We didn't see the footage of Ashley Babbitt getting shot tonight. I mean, they were showing violence. Why didn't they show that violence? You're, you're, you know, it is, I agree with you. It's so stilted, and we still don't know the full details. He wasn't investigated. Um, I mean, think about all the police shootings in this country and how much police have been investigated left and right. And for some reason, and I think you and I both know why, you know, because in this case, you know, uh, they believe, OK, it was a Trump supporter. So what? They're not it's not worth investigating. I mean, that the, the double standards, J.C., that you just hit on so powerfully is just so disgusting on the Democratic side. So shameful. J.C., thank you. Great, great points. Let's go to Al on line two. Al, your thoughts about the hearings and the double standard of justice from the Democrats. 
Yeah, Rita, I just wanted to say in regards to the uh, committee that's uh, investigating the president, it's pretty much, as we all know, it's a partisan uh, outside of uh, Liz Cheney, who's, you know, Republican name in name only. Yeah, she's more it's partisan just, than the Democrats. You know? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So the situation is, I think what the uh, this committee is doing is, uh, you know, I, I like Donald Trump. I think he did a good job as president. I hope he runs again, but, you know, he has to see with the midterms. Uh, but I think what they're doing, this committee, is... They're going after people close to him, like uh, Peter Navarro. I think I think with Peter Navarro, uh, because he's somewhat of an outspoken person, uh, he's contrary a little bit. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, he's going to have to pay a lot in legal fees. They probably went after him as opposed to a guy like Mark Meadows, because, like I just said, uh, I believe he's a little outspoken. Oh yeah, a but, lot outspoken, and 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 you know what? That's who he is, and he's coming. By the way, yeah. he's coming out swinging, Al. But I agree. Yeah. I agree with you that they're trying to, and they know that he's close to Trump, and they want to. Also, I think they just want to shut him up because he doesn't want to shut up. He's going out there and telling everybody the way he was arrested. Like you know, he's at the airport in Nashville, and then they shackle him. And then he says he got strip searched and was put in solitary and not allowed to call his attorney. I mean, you would have thought it was like Hannibal Lecter, the way they've treated him. And this is a guy who, you know, apparently he says he talked to a day or two before and said, I'm, you know, I'm going through the legal steps. I think I have executive privilege. I'm working with you. And then that's the way they handle it. And, you know, the other thing, too, Al, today I, and I thought about Peter Navarro a lot today when uh, when the news broke this morning about this GOP candidate. This is the Republican gubernatorial candidate in Michigan against Gretchen Whitner, Whitmer. Um, and this is Ryan Kelly, who everybody knew. And I think he's even talked about being there on January 6th. He doesn't even go into the Capitol. Apparently, they say that there's some image of him like kind of pointing, telling people to go towards the Capitol, heading into the Capitol. But he himself wasn't even in the Capitol. And then today they go to his house for four counts that are all misdemeanor, including disorderly conduct. That's what like you charge like an 18 year old at a bar who drank too much, you know, and gets in a bar fight. You know, maybe he gets disorderly conduct. But they literally go to his house and, like, storm his house and announce it today like this was going to be some big bust right before, you know, the committee hearing. And to me, that's that's pathetic. Uh, and, and Navarro, too. I mean, both of these offenses are not to the point where you, you have to treat them like uh, Hannibal Lecter, you know? That's right. And thank you, Rita. Now, thank you, Al. Thank you, Al. I appreciate it. Let's go to Larry, line three. Larry, your thoughts about it. I know. I just want to say that, um, you know, uh, these are all trumped up charges because I feel the guards, I felt it at the time, let these people in. And if, they, if they're allowed in, first of all, it's a public building. It's not even trespassing if they're allowed in. And I don't think they did any damage. Maybe there was a window broken to get into the place. I'm not sure about I that. Think, I think there was um, some laptops, too. Like, I remember there was, some, there was definitely a window broken. Um, and there was, um, I think, a laptop or something from one of the Democrats' office, at least one or two. Okay. So there was very, some. Very minor thing, but there was the son of a judge 
okay, um, a local judge, uh, I forgot his name, okay, was dressed as a cave-in, Mostovsky. Now, this guy was in his 30s, and he looks like he may be on medication. I'm not sure. A harmless individual. He got dressed up like it was Halloween. Okay, what kind of damage can he do dressed like a cave? It's almost ludicrous. Oh, the, the and, shaman. And, You're talking about the shaman guy, right? That, yeah, yeah. It was, his name was Mostovsky. I'm not sure. There was, a, there was another guy. This okay. guy was a caveman. Maybe he was a shaman. Maybe he was a shaman. Yeah. Anyway. He, he, I don't think he did any damage. What did he do? He walked into his – you know, in the, in the 60s, all the students, when they protested the war, they would do sit-ins regularly in the schools. They didn't get into half as much trouble for occupying the school. They just got the hell out of the school. This is a they, – they made a big deal because the guards let him in. They're angry at the guards. And then, by the way, there were four suicides of, of police officers, I believe that they got them privately and they said, why did you let these people in? And they tried to destroy their lives. And, I, and that was never investigated, the four suicides of the cops on the scene. No, you're and right. There, wanted- you're right there. There were a lot of questions tied to their behavior. And again, we talked even about the guy who shot Ashley Babbitt. Uh, you know, she was trying to kind of get in. She was there by the window. But to shoot her? Um, and that was never really investigated either. They, of course, didn't bring that up tonight either. Uh, we're going to continue with your calls, everybody. We've got to go to a quick break. 1-800-848-9222. It's the Rita Cosby Show. Listen to this podcast now on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Download all of Red Apple Media's podcasts right now through your favorite podcast platform. This is the Rita Cosby Show. What a bust. Day one, after all the buildup, like it was going to be uh, Top Gun Maverick, which, by the way, I saw last week, and it was a great movie. But the one I saw tonight with the hearings, that was a bust. If it was a movie, I'd ask for my money back. 1-800-848-9222. One eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. Let's go to Jason, line four. Jason, your thoughts about what they're trying to accomplish, and did you think it was a bust like I did? Oh, hey, Frida, how are you? I love your show. Amazing as always. Um, yeah, I thought it was a bust. Uh, Chuck Schumer too. Like, is this is Chuck Schumer like the white person? Like. What are all of his comments about? It seems like he's uh, playing to everybody just to get, uh, you know, clicks and uh, media approval. But you know what's interesting? And I want to play it again, Jace. Here, here is Chuck Schumer's comments, too, oh. that you're talking about. Here we go. Here we go. I want to tell you, Gorsuch. I want to tell you, Kavanaugh. You have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. So that was much more incendiary than anything we heard tonight. And that was about the Roe v. Wade. And then, look, last night somebody shows up to assassinate. As we know, he was arrested yesterday, thank goodness. But outside the home of Brett Kavanaugh saying he's planning on going in. I mean, the the double standards, Jason, is disgusting. Your thoughts real quick. 
Yeah, Rita, do you think he sounds insane like Biden? <laughs> like, are they, well, at least he's got a at least he's got a pulse. Medication, like, Jason. At least he's got a pulse. At least you know. At least Chuck Schumer yeah. will probably remember what he said. Whereas I'm not sure Biden will. Yeah, nobody needs to give him a vitamin D shot and push him on stage and say, "Ah, oh, come on, Joe. <laughs> come on in. You're great, Jason. Dr. Jill's not helping him. She's you know? not. She's not. Jace, thank you very much. Great call. Uh, let's go to line two. Alice from Ohio. Alice, your thoughts real quick. Hi, Rita. Rita, I'm a musician, and I'm going to use a word from my field to describe what they're doing. Prelude. This is a prelude to oblivion, and they're giving us all kinds of material for the upcoming election. Their behavior, they have, they have nothing to go on. Uh, they're making fools of themselves. They're going to, with, what is it, six nights of prime time? Yeah, you bring up I a love- great point, Ellis, because... They don't have anything like and the buildup. Remember, Jamie Raskin, one of the head Democrats, was like, this is going to be bigger than Watergate. I mean, to me, this is a bust. If this is the best they got, they are pathetic. And I agree with you. It's going to be used against them not to help them in November. Listen to this podcast now on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Feisty, fearless and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. I know your name is Rita. Cause your perfume is smelling sweet. Since when I saw you down on the And if I was a teacher and I was grading day one of the House Select Committee hearings on January 6th with its big primetime fanfare that just wrapped up a little bit ago. I don't know if I'd give it an F. I definitely wouldn't give it an A or a B or a C or a D. Maybe I'd give it like a D minus or an E plus. How about something like that? That to me was so disappointing. And I've said to you guys, I went in with an open mind thinking, let's see what they got. Let's see if there's some big bombshell that's going to be bigger than Watergate, that's going to rock the world, that's like a meteor coming to Earth the way they've described it, basically. And we got nothing. It was boring. It was painful. It was redundant. And it was clearly partisan because they'd pick certain lines and they wouldn't pick the others. And it was clear what the whole objective was. It's not restoring democracy It's just trying to put a dent in President Trump and the Republicans because they know they're going to get their butts kicked in the midterms. Take a listen. This is Benny Thompson, the committee chair. And about a few minutes in, he just goes right to what he thinks this is really all about. Donald Trump lost the presidential election in 2020. The American people voted him out of office. It was not because of a rigged system. It was not because of voter fraud. So why are you there? You've already said all of this before. And here's a little bit more of him talking about Trump going through the process. Donald Trump had his days in court to challenge the results. He was within his rights to seek those judgment. In the United States, law-abiding citizens have those tools for pursuing justice. He lost in the courts. 
just as he did at the ballot box. And in this country, that's the end of the line. So again, what was your point tonight? I'm not quite sure. But he did have a little bit of a grandiose statement. Here's a little bit more of good old Betty. The world is watching what we do here. America has long been expected to be a shining city on the hill, a beacon of hope and freedom, a model for others when we are at our best. How can we play that role when our house is in such disorder? Well, uh, you clearly are playing that because guess what? You are picking and choosing. They said nothing about the riots of the summer of 2020. What, those were okay? Where police officers were getting their heads beaten? That was okay? And also, what about Justice Kavanaugh? We haven't heard President Biden say one word about the fact that an assassin was planning to kill a Supreme Court justice. Shame on this president and shame on the partisanship of the Democrats. And I thought tonight was just one big old bust. And if this was the big debut that was going to rock the world, the Democrats really are desperate and are really worried about the midterms. And that's what this is all about. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Pete. Line two. Pete, your thoughts about all this. Go ahead, my friend. Rita, I started watching it. I told you yesterday I was going to turn the sound down and mimic it with my wife. I couldn't even do that. It was so ridiculous. You used the word redundant. That was about what it was. And, by, you know, I mean, Biden, the last I saw him on TV, I think they're going to, you know, put him on his shoulders and carry him around like Weekend and Bernie's. This guy is totally out of it. He gave an interview with, uh, what's his name there? Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel, yep. Yeah, that was... Jimmy had to help him out, and he couldn't even help him out. He contradicted what he said, and it was great. And I don't like Jimmy Kimmel because his policies, he should stop it. Stop kicking on on Trump. Trump was the best thing that ever happened in this country. And I'm hoping that when he comes back, he can put this back together again. But this guy is digging it deeper and deeper. He's got to go uh, – what's he got to come back with Pelosi's thing? we got to put Trump in at Pelosi's thing so he can keep everything quiet at least until 2024 where we can – have an honest election. And well, let me let me ask you, Pete. Let me ask you. Yeah. Uh, you know, you talked about. By the way, you hit on uh, Biden being on Kimmel, and I just want to play a comment because, you know, they were boy were they picking and choosing at this hearing tonight about the verbiage of what President Trump said or didn't say. I mean, every clip they played for him, I didn't think he looked that bad. I was like, he actually looked better than I even remembered it. You know, from the moment. And when they played one of the comments that I was reading, it was in this tweet, you know, Liz Cheney selectively left out the part about go home. Um, You know, we love you. Go home. You know, she's like, he never told people to leave. Well, what does go home mean? (laughs) You know what I mean? mean, It was like, like she left, she reads everything up until the part that she didn't like. And then it still sits there on the screen. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. There's the key line there. I mean, it was so transparent. And meanwhile, here, Jim, here, Pete, I want you to hear this. This is Biden on Kimmel last night. And listen to what he says. He uses the phrase about Roe v. Wade, if it's overturned, there may be, quote, a mini revolution. That was like more than anything we heard from Trump, even basically at the hearing tonight. 
And this comes on the heels of somebody who was planning to assassinate a Supreme Court justice. The president said nothing about that last night with Jimmy Kimmel. Zero. I mean, that to me is shameful. You are the president of the United States. You have a responsibility to come out and say, do not touch the Supreme Court justices, that their decisions have to be respected, that their views have to be protected, their families need to be protected. He didn't say anything. All he said was this. Take a listen, Pete. It's clear that if, in fact, the decision comes down the way it does and these states impose the limitations they're talking about, it's going to cause a mini revolution. They're going to vote a lot of these folks out of office. We got to keep it focused on if some, if you if they overrule where we wait in the state, California won't do it. But other states say that you cannot do the following. It's, it's a law. You can't cross the border. You can't all, all the things that some states have. And you got to make sure that you vote. You got to vote. And let people know exactly what the devil you think. So he uses the phrase mini revolution. I, I don't think he means like pick up arms or anything like that. But, you know, somebody could say, hey, well, you're calling for a revolution. You know, I mean, you listen to the verbiage of him, Pete, and you listen to what Schumer said and Maxine Waters has said. What they have said, at least Schumer and Maxine Waters, boy, that's incendiary. It made Trump look like a prince today, you know. And Waters and Schumer, what they said, that's, that's treason. That's what that is. I had to listen to Schumer. At my daughter's graduation at Staten Island College when she graduated from there, and he got to speak because his wife was the head of uh, SUNY, but she had a different name. You know, she didn't say her name wasn't. uh, So what's your uh, point, Pete? Pete, what's your point? My point is that this guy is delusional. He knows he can never be president. So now he made a deal with the devil, the Schumer. He used to be a great guy. I liked him at one point. It's horrible. They're looking to make a revolution. They let people into the Capitol because they were afraid that uh, Pence was going to, uh, you know, man up a little bit and, and, and do the right thing and nullify this election because this election was fixed. It was fixed. It's disgusting. Well, and so, I think these hearings have just been so far lackluster and really pathetic. Pete, thank you very, very much. Uh, let's go to Stan on line seven. Stan, your thoughts about the hearings. First of all, you have a segment on your show called Back the Blue. Is that correct? You had it tonight. Yes, I absolutely do. I'm glad you listened, Sam. I'd like you to do an episode or uh, a a segment on Caroline Edwards, who testified tonight. And by the way, Stan, Stan, this woman is a hero. She deserves to be on your segment. By the way, I agree. I 1,000. And and you know what? Also, I actually, um, later in the show, I'm going to play a little clip because she talked about what she experienced, and it was pretty dramatic when she talked about how horrible it was, what she saw, and she was knocked unconscious. You see the footage. That, to me, was, you know, that was horrible, Stan. I agree. But what about all the police officers that were attacked on the Summer of Love in 2020, and the Democrats said zero? Of love. We're talking about the insurrection. Let's get to it right away. Wait, wait, wait. No, hang on. No, no, no. no. Hang on, Stan. Let me ask you a question. Do you think it's okay what happened in the summer of 2020 where officers – and I don't – I hate – it it made me very upset to hear, you know, Caroline Edwards describing what happened to her and what happens to any officer. That – it absolutely – infuriated me and it made me sick because I love our officers and they should never be disrespected or pushed or any of these things. Um, but I also 
hated when I saw in 2020, and the Democrats somehow never bring that up. And they didn't even come out and basically talk about Brett Kavanaugh. Do you realize the president of the United States today has still not said one word about an assassin armed with a gun, armed with a knife and a crowbar and zip ties, shows up at the home of a Supreme Court justice, says I'm ready to kill him and then kill myself, and the president of the United States has no guts and can't even come out and stand up against that. Shame on our president, Stan. And these double standards are sickening. Go ahead. I'm here. Yeah, go ahead, my friend. Let's see what you got on that one. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about tonight. That's what your segment was supposed to yes, be about. And I am, you like to divert, I'm don't compar- you, Rita? No. You love to divert, Rita. I like to have equal standards. You know what, divert, Stan? Rita. Stan, I like to have equal standards. Yeah, so you like that's to have equal why. standards. Yeah, Either I sure way, do. It was a B-plus tonight. B-plus, not A, B-plus tonight. Well, listen I, I, listen, I appreciate at least your honesty because sometimes you sit there and you make it sound like, uh, no, you know, no, you, make it, sound, like you make it sound like, you make it sound like uh, President Biden is like, you know, like Simone Biles on the, you know, a, a, a gymnast, you know, no, who's no. like verbal linguistics, you know, and no, everybody go, no. thinks you're like on some drugs. I thought, but tonight, why did you think it wasn't, you know, an A-plus? I agree with you. B plus because it's the no. I don't agree with you on a B plus. It should be a couple notches down. But no, go ahead, go ahead, Stan. Let's hear you. Let's hear what Uh, you. First of all, uh, Congresswoman, uh, what's her name? I keep forgetting her name. You know, I forget the name. The Republican, Liz Cheney. Yeah, I thought she was fantastic. She put it right in right between the eyes of the Republicans, telling him he ain't gonna. uh, Our ex president will not be around sooner or later. And what are you going to do then? What's going to happen to the Republicans? You have to come to terms. She was right on. She hit them perfectly. And as far as Benny was concerned, I thought he was conservative. I thought he was uh, getting the tone right and so forth, asking questions. I didn't particularly like the idea of the filmmaker. I don't know why he was there. But the cop was there. And most of the Trump people were on film and basically condemned him, basically said he was in cahoots. He, they planned it five or six days before. He, they said it. They didn't have to be there. They, she showed it. They showed a couple of them. I didn't make it up. So to some extent, I thought it was a very good show tonight. And there's going to be four more shows, and I will continue to watch. Of course, I didn't expect you to like it. I, I didn't expect the people that called actually, it. Actually, you know what, Stan? You know, and I said this at the top, um, and I think you know this about me. I went in thinking, well, let's see what they have. I, I hate me. I me hate. Too. I hate rioting no matter where it is. I hated it when I saw it in 2020. I hated to hear about this guy showing at Brett Kavanaugh's house. Um, I hate also hearing Talk about the insurrection. Um, well, no, no, I'm about to stand. Hold on a second. Stan, Stan, you're going to the bathroom in your people. pants. Hold on a second here. What I'm saying is that I absolutely did not like um, when I saw the people storming, I hated seeing the people pushing the officers, of course, the female officer, any of the officers. I hate seeing people disrespect law enforcement. That was disappointing. But to me, there were no surprises tonight. There was nothing that changed anything instrumentally in any shape or form. I thought it was very poorly done. I didn't think it was powerful. I didn't think it was inspiring. And I didn't think they revealed any facts other than I I think they actually looked more partisan. I thought they had this expectation like it was going to be amazing. 
And they didn't have it. Stan, hold on, because we got somebody else who wants to call and make a comment. I'll, I'll, I'll bring you guys together. Uh, we got Alex from Brooklyn who wants to make a comment to you. Go ahead, Alex. Uh, we have Stan on, too. Yeah. Go ahead, Alex. Okay, thank you so much, Rita. Stan, here's the thing. You believe that Trump is responsible for the attack. I think he's not at all responsible for the attack on the Capitol. Do you want to first lay out the argument why he's responsible? Or should I first lay out why he's completely not responsible and why it's wrong to blame him for the the, the, the riot at the Capitol? Who should, do, who should go first? But we're, I'll, what I'll just do is I'll let you make a comment, and then I'll go to Stan in okay. fairness to let him respond. Okay. Go ahead, Alex. Okay. Trump did not have to expect the insurrection to take place on January 6th because before January 6th there were protests that were peaceful except for when Antifa members attacked innocent Trump supporters at those protests. And the other thing is also Trump's words were not incitements to an insurrection. And at this hearing today, they played Trump, and they only played the part where he said, we will march down to the Capitol. They didn't play where he said that we will go down peacefully and patriotically. And we know that Antifa members were at the Capitol on January 6th. So if you're going to blame a group of people without any evidence, without substantial evidence, go and blame Antifa. They have a record of attacking federal buildings and federal property in the summer of 2020. They were there. All right, right, Alex, you got Alex, you got Alex. Really quick. Give me a quick question and we'll get Stan to respond. Go ahead. Sum it up in in 10 seconds. Okay. Why would you... Say that Trump is more response is responsible when the Antifa members were there, when they have a record of attacking federal buildings and property, and they were in the Capitol on January sixth. Why wouldn't you say that they started attacking the Capitol and then Trump supporters followed in? Some All bad right, Alex, Trump hang supporters. on. All right, hold on. Let me go. Stan, go ahead. I, I'm just going to let you just separately Rita, on your own respond Rita, to this guy. I, I'm not going to respond to this idiot. I mean, I have no use for this guy. Him and Antifa, this and that. Look, the evidence points to Trump and his people. It's there. You saw it. If he doesn't want to believe it, that's his problem. But Stan, you know, let me Stan, let me let me let me ask you. Um, let me ask you. And, listen, and in fairness to Alex, I like we, we appreciate hearing from everybody. But Stan, let me ask you. Sure, you sure. believe that his words, that Trump's words, were incendiary. Um, and Absolutely. Were, but, but how? But let. But and I have played Rita, this. Did you hear some of these people? Hold on did one you, second, Stan. Hear- Stan, let me play. Chuck Schumer really quick and get you to respond because how is Chuck Schumer's comments? Chuck Schumer's comments are 20 times more incendiary than anything we've heard from Trump. Here's Chuck Schumer. I want to tell you, Gorsuch, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. So, Stan, what are you going to do? Go after and say, well, the guy who showed up at Kavanaugh's house after what you just heard from Schumer, you could connect the dots and say, let's do a January 6th for Schumer. I mean, come on. You know, Rita, I, I, I always thought you were intelligent, but I didn't think you were obtuse like this other guy. You know, you want to talk about that. No, that, you know what, Stan? This. Stan, what you, Stan. What is wrong with you, Stan, Rita? you are a one-trick pony. No, I no, love you, you of, no, but Rita, you are you a one-trick one pony. I want to go the other, okay? There's no, but, the but you, the problem is, Stan, if you're going there's, to uh, say. The problem is you, Rita. No, there's hang on, hang on, hang on. I You didn't let me finish my sentence, Stan. What I was saying is the problem is. If you say that those words, if you're connecting the dots, nothing I heard tonight was anywhere near as incendiary as what I just played with Schumer. I mean, no, I, yeah, I'm I, just I, being honest with you. I I actually thought, Stan, maybe there's something else I hadn't seen or I hadn't heard. But I actually thought Trump looked better than we even heard before. 
You know, and, and after hearing what Schumer said, you could certainly say what Schumer said could be insightful. I mean, that was terrible what he said. Maxine Waters said, get in their face. How are any of those things? Stan, hold on. I'm going to go to a break, and I'll let you to respond after the break. 1-800-848-9222. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Listen to this podcast now on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Download all of Red Apple Media's podcasts right now through your favorite podcast platform. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And we are talking about the heroes, the hearings. And Stan gave it a B plus. I gave it uh, an E plus, basically. And this is what Congressman Troy Nels, Republican, had to say of the whole focus behind the committee's hearings. This committee, make no mistake, this committee doesn't want to see Donald Trump as the Republican nominee in 2024 because they can't beat him. And that looks like what it was all about tonight. I didn't see any new bombshells, uh, but let's continue with Stan. Stan, you think there were some big revealing moments. What, what did you think was new and revealing? First of all, let's go back a second to uh, the interviews with the Proud Boys, the people that were arrested. They, they showed what they were getting. They interviewed about four or five Proud Boys and the other group. And all of them to a T, all of them t- to a T stated that when Trump said the word, we're going and so forth. And that they all said, we're going because Donald Trump told us to come. And that's what it started. Secondly, he had no guts enough to go himself. He was as phony as – that's what he does. He uses people. He uses you, and he uses all of these people for his own benefit. That's How's he it, using I mean, me? I got my own mind, Stan. I mean, uh, that's, 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 but Stan, you, you, Stan, you, you, second of all, you Stan, know Stan, let me just say one thing to you. By your logic – the guy who was a Bernie Sanders supporter who shows up at the ballpark and opened fire on the GOP member seriously injuring Steve Scalise, nobody said, hey, that's Bernie Sanders' fault, you know? I mean, you know, that, that to me is insane. What about also last night as I brought up the case where the guy was arrested uh, for being in front of the home? What, are we going to go after Chuck Schumer and say, hey, your words caused this? It's a lot more of a direct connect. Stan, your argument falls short, but I love your passion, and I love hearing from all of you. We're going to continue with the calls. Listen to this podcast now on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Download all of Red Apple Media's podcasts right now through your favorite podcast platform. Listen to this podcast now on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Protecting America with Rita Cosby. I was able to join the brave merchant mariners of World War II for their historic congressional gold medal ceremony on Capitol Hill. We're in Statuary Hall. And the who's who of Congress, of leadership, was there. I mean, Mitch McConnell was there. Kevin McCarthy was there. Nancy Pelosi was there. It was a bipartisan event because these heroes, what they did was not about politics. It was about protecting this country. They were pivotal in World War II. 250,000 strong. When I met these men and women, they just touched my heart. And I was happy that anything I could do to help to reach out, to talk to some members of Congress, they deserve it. 
Download all of Red Apple Media's podcasts right now through your favorite podcast platform. Rita Cosby is on. Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, where we honor our great veterans and their families, a powerful story coming from Flagstaff, Arizona, where a Vietnam veteran who lost his Army medals in a wildfire in Flagstaff nearly two months ago was honored with new medals and a uniform for his service. Veteran David Bartham, who lost his home from the tunnel fire in April, was pinned with new medals. The 74-year-old veteran was able to have the fire debris removed with money raised from an online fundraiser that was created just for him, and many people in the community helped out. The American Legion escorted him to the homecoming along with motorcycle riders with the American Legion and also the Patriot Guard. And he was given a welcome home celebration that he says he never received after serving in Vietnam. Well, welcome home to him and all the other great Vietnam veterans who are listening, hopefully, to this show. We love you all and we appreciate your Service. Well, we've been talking about the hearings that took place tonight. I thought they were a total, total bust. I thought they were really dismal. And I just didn't think there was anything great about it. I gave it an E. I didn't give it an F. It really probably should have given it an F, but it just was so bad because the expectations were it was going to be great. It was going to be, you know, changing history. It was going to connect all the dots. And I saw a really boring hearing that was not interesting, nothing new, and nothing compelling. By the way, the next hearing is going to be at 10 o'clock on Monday the 13th, and then the next one's on Wednesday. Um, And we'll see. I mean, you know, boy, get out the uh, no-dos, you know, because it's like you're going to want to, like, sleep through that one. You know, I'm telling you, it was not exciting. The only thing that I thought was powerful But again, it doesn't change anything. We know that there were images of people fighting with some of the law enforcement officers. And I I hate seeing that because I love our men and women in blue. And they were out there to obviously do their job and protect the Capitol. There was a huge crowd. Things got unruly. And there were some scenes where people were being pushed and shoved. Um, Again, nothing like we saw basically during 2020, the summer riots of 2020. But... There were definitely scenes where people were being pushed, and there was a woman who testified, Caroline Edwards. She's one of the officers of the U.S. Capitol Police, and she described what she saw. And I thought this moment was pretty powerful. Take a listen. I can just remember my my breath catching in my throat because... What I saw was just a a war scene. It it was something like I had seen out of the movies. I I couldn't believe my eyes. There were officers on the ground, um, you know, they were bleeding, they were throwing up, they were, you know, they had, uh, I mean, I saw friends with blood all over their faces. I was slipping in people's blood. you know, I, I was 
catching people as they fell, I, you know, I was, it was carnage, it was chaos. I, I, can't, I can't even describe what I saw. I, never in my wildest dreams did I think that as a police officer, as a law enforcement officer, I would find myself in the middle of a battle. And then she described that it really was like a war zone. She talked about her family's history in the military. And here's a little bit more of her testimony tonight. I'm, I'm trained to detain, you know, a couple of subjects and, and handle, you know, handle a crowd. But I, I'm, I'm not combat trained. And that day, it was just hours of hand-to-hand combat, hours of dealing with things that were way beyond any any a law enforcement officer has ever trained for, um, and I just remember I just remember that moment of stepping behind the line and just seeing the absolute war zone that the West Front had become. And listen, I'm sure it was scary as heck for law enforcement. I still do not understand when there were multiple reports that President Trump did indeed ask for the National Guard a few days before, saying, listen, we know a big crowd's just going to be coming out. We want things to be peaceful. The National Guard wasn't called out. So the question is, why were some of the buildings open? Why were some of the doors open, even ones that go up sort of the very sort of high-security elevator that was open? I mean, there were so many security breaches. Why were they not better prepared? And we still don't know that because— Guess what? Nancy Pelosi and Muriel Bowser, who is the mayor there of D.C., are not being called to testify. They should. If you really want this to be a fair hearing where you're hearing testimony and you're hearing questions, why are we not getting to the heart of this all about what happened with security? Why why are we not finding out what they did or did not do? Because they clearly did not do a lot. And there are a number of people who said that President Trump did indeed, that they were in the meetings where President Trump did indeed call for the National Guard. He also said that day, peacefully and patriotically, go and protest at Capitol Hill. That's a lot different than the violence that this committee is trying to portray that they say Trump incited. And to me, there are so many questions here. And that's why this hearing is such a sham. It is so one-sided. You're not even hearing from the other side. They're pretending like it's bipartisan. Are you kidding me? With Liz Cheney, who hates Trump, Adam Kinzinger, the other Republican who hates Trump. And remember, Kevin McCarthy, who is the House Minority Leader, came out and said, these are the ones that I'd like to have on the committee. And... They turned them all down. They wouldn't put them on the committee. They were like, no, 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 no. And then they picked like the two people who hate Trump the most, even more than the Democrats, and put them on the committee and pretend like it's, quote, a bipartisan hearing. I mean, this is such a joke. It is so one-sided. And I actually would like to know what happened with the security. I really would like to know. We had John Solomon on the show the other day, and he was like blowing the lid on all the different security faults. And why were there not extra officers? Why were officers unable to get to their gas mask? They had to, like, go to a bus to get their gas mask. You knew there was a huge crowd coming. It's like they were not even prepared for, like, a hundred-person crowd, let alone thousands upon thousands. 
And everybody remembers. I remember before January 6th, there were so many, like, all over social media. And you could just see people were talking about, I'm going to Capitol Hill on January 6th. You'd see people posting it all over social media. It wasn't any big secret. I mean, you clearly needed massive security just to handle even a very massive, peaceful crowd. You know, so there's I actually would like to know that, but we're never going to hear that. I'd like to know what happened with Ashley Babbitt. I'd like to know what happened that that officer felt he needed to do it. I've never heard the investigation. Give me a break. There are so many unanswered questions, and that's why this is such a sham. And tonight there was nothing new, and it was a bust. It's a sham and a bust. one 800 Let's go to Mike on line seven. Go ahead, Mike, your thoughts. Hey, how you doing, Rita? Um, I'm a retired NYPD. I'm, I'm touched that Stan all of a sudden is thrilled. Uh, he's a pro-police pro uh, Yeah, today, now. right. Today he is for this moment. Right. He's, he, he's, he's still probably wearing diapers, but go ahead. But the whole thing is a sham. I mean, did he want to talk about res- insurrection? What happened in 2020? Cops are getting hit in the head with bricks. Hey, listen, I, I don't know. I wasn't at the Capitol at the time. I don't know what she was, what she was dealing with. But, I mean, the, the, the police officers testified before, they all had crocodile tears. And I don't like to undermine the police. But, you know, the, the one guy, with the, the undercover guy, I, he was a disaster. You know, he saw so much. Right. No, no, no. And also, you know what's interesting, too, Mike, um, as you talk as a former NYPD? I absolutely think it is relevant to talk about the protests. Of course, Stan doesn't want to talk about that. But, you know, those are the ones where Kamala Harris was donating to the Minnesota Freedom Fund to bail out the protesters in 2020. You know, as well as I do, there were 500 plus protests that took place around the country, many of them deadly. You know, the way that the police were treated with, you know, people throwing bricks and chairs. That's just New York alone, Um, you know, in the shootings and all that stuff. And and I hated when I saw that, just like I don't like to hear this officer at this one. But you can't ignore what happened in 2020 and then make this one, you know, this case like like this is the be all end all. But you don't say anything about what happened in 2020 when cities across America were burning. I mean, to me, the yeah. double standards, Mike, that's the problem I have. That's disgusting. Just one more thing. I'm sorry. I give you credit for putting up with him. Uh, he is, he's so rude. I just like, I was just sitting here. I'm walking around, got a school closing. Who are you talking, you're talking about? He, you're talking about Stan? Stan yeah, the man? Yeah, I, I, I give you credit for putting up with him. I mean, he is just, he's so rude. It's unbelievable how rude he is. Well, you know what, Stan? But, At least he, he's consistent, Mike. I will say that. Yeah, he's, con- he's consistently you know, rude. You don't, have to be, <laughs> you don't have to be rude. I mean, that's their whole, their whole agenda the left is being rude and obnoxious. If you don't agree with them. Well, so. and if you don't have facts, you kind of lean on rudeness. No, and, they, <laughs> and they don't have facts. They never have facts. That's the other thing. So they're all, they're all misinformed. So, Well, Mike, thank you for the great call, and thank, thank you for you. your service. You, you know I love the NYPD. Thank you very, very much. Great to have you call in. Um, let's go to Eileen, line three. Go ahead, Eileen, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. How are you doing tonight? I'm good. What did you think of the hearings, Eileen? I really didn't watch them because I had heard that it was going to be a sham and that it was going to be one-sided. And I respect this man, the officer, NYPD, for speaking up his mind. I love him. My daddy was 
uh, retired New York City police detective, and Stan. Bravo, bravo. Stan, you, you can't change people's like that. You can't change their pea-sized brains because they're woke, as they say. They're, they're ignorant. I'm sick of it, and I give up. I, I wave my white flag. No, never surrender, Eileen. I'm not voting. I'm not voting. I'm not voting. They're not going to listen to us. There are too many of those those viruses that are around more than real patriotic Americans. Well, two things, Eileen. Hang on one second. Two things. I I agree. I disagree that. You should not vote because I still absolutely believe it is so pivotal that you get to the voting booths and speak your mind. And boy, are the midterms not pivotal this go round. And I mean that I'm saying it facetiously. They are so important this go round. And that's why I think they're so desperate for these hearings, because they know that if the House changes and it goes back to Republicans and there's a very good chance it could if you look at the tidal wave of dissatisfaction in this country and the fact that even a a liberal DA got booted out in San Fran because crime is so bad, the economy is so bad, the boy, I mean, there's so many issues going on just all over the country Um, and people are fed up. And that includes Democrats too, because it was Democrats that voted out that guy, by the way. Um, There are, I think it is so important to get out and vote. And that's why I think they're doing this now, because if the house does change hands, Eileen, well, you know the first thing that they're going to do. The Republicans are going to go, uh, forget it. We now control the House. No House Select Committee. See ya. You know, it's going to be like that. If, if I were them, that's what I would do. I would say, why are you wasting my time and why are you wasting taxpayer money? Um, so definitely get out and vote because it is still important. And never wave that white flag. Always fight for what you believe in and fight peacefully and also go to the voting booth. Eileen, thank you. Very, very much. Uh, let's go to Adam, line four. Adam, your thoughts. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Adam, are you there? Let's go to Jimmy on line six. Jimmy, go ahead, Jimmy. Yes, you have to vote. Years ago, a well-known communist guy at the Marxist Scholars Conference, remember, Obama attended, attended Marxist Scholars Conference, this communist from a group called Center for Constitutional Rights said we need ballots and bullets to bring about the new world order. The globalists, the communists, are working together now, totally united. And Trump opposed everything they're doing, everything from the terror, everything from the drug cartels. Trump stood in the way. Trump had no idea the deep mess he was getting into by doing this. This is why you have all of this radical craziness going after Trump. Benny Thompson, the guy in charge of this committee, is a Castro supporter. Castro's newspaper praised him by name. This congressman... uh, uh, And and by the way, hey, Jimmy, Jimmy, just to stay focused on the hearing, did you hear also... no, no, uh, No, 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 I know exactly. Did you hear what Benny said when he started? The first thing he started talking about was, I come from Mississippi where there was slavery, where there was all that. I'm thinking, what does that have to do with what happened on January 6th? Like, it was so kind of gratuitous that he threw that in. And, you know, there are there are horrible examples of racism in America and elsewhere, but January 6th wasn't one of them. It's like the Democrats keep kind of throwing anything they can out there. It was just so odd, and then he never went back to it again. But it was like... 30 seconds into him talking, 
He brings that up. Um, and then he goes, basically calls every Trump supporter a domestic terrorist. How, how did you feel about that, Jimmy? Jimmy, go ahead. Democrat Party. Look, they got to get the women inflamed. They got to get the blacks inflamed about pregnancy, about everything. This, this is how they work. This is a bad movement. But Benny Thompson, he actually arranged and brought American youth to Cuba for training. Oh, my God. By, hey, hey Jimmy, training. Jimmy, I am not surprised based on what I saw tonight with this guy. I am not surprised at all because, boy, he was like all over the place. Thank you so much. Let's go to BJ. Line three, BJ, your thoughts about this? Rita, you get the gold star for patience uh, from uh, Stewie from Kew Gardens or whatever his name is. Yeah, Stan, but, uh, Stan the man. By the way, oh, BJ, so, I think I've earned two gold stars for dealing with I, him tonight. I think you're, I think so, too. You can have mine. So anyway, uh, this this is in particular a infomercial for the Democrat Party, this entire sham. Uh, there's one question that was never answered. Why wasn't the National Guard allowed to protect the Capitol? Once you have the answer to that question, all the other points are moot, uh, except one other question. Why was Ashley Babbitt, an unarmed protester who gained access to the Capitol, shot dead? This is what I, I think the American people would like to know. What's the story with all the people that have been locked up and have been kept locked up? Yeah, the shaman. They- I, you know, BJ, I talked about – by the way – so far, to your point, 823 people have faced some sort of federal uh, charges. Not all of them have been convicted. They're in the middle of cases. Um, but that shaman guy, I believe he is still in solitary confinement or he was for a long time. It's like you, you hit on some superb points. And that's why it's actually really sad because I would actually like to know the answer to just like you said. And the fact, did you see today they arrested this guy who was running for governor of Michigan? His name's Ryan Kelly. He was charged, get this, with four counts of misdemeanors. They're all small offenses, including disorderly conduct. That's like what you get if you go to the bathroom on a sidewalk or if you're, you know, you're getting a bar fight at college or something. But they show up at his house, the FBI to arrest him and like parade him. And and it was for four misdemeanor counts. He wasn't even in the Capitol. Apparently, they have some footage of him pointing to telling people to go inside or something like that. But he didn't even go inside himself. I mean, BJ, you hit it on the head. There are some serious questions like the National Guard. Why wasn't it called? Why wasn't this? Why were they told to stand? Why do they have like less security than you would just for, like, a typical day at the Capitol. Why was it so easy for them to come in? And why were there not more guards there just knowing there were going to be a lot of people protesting, even if everything was peaceful? Uh, To me, it is like Security 101. And sadly, the Democrats don't want to go there. Uh, I mean, like you said, either it's malfeasance or it was planned. I mean, there's a million reasons uh, we will maybe never get to the bottom of that, and that's the sad thing. That is the hearing that I would like to see. one eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. And we're going to continue with your calls after the break. You're listening to the Rita Cosby Show. Listen to this podcast now on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Download all of Red Apple Media's podcasts right now through your favorite podcast platform. 
It's the Rita Cosby Show. the sham congressional hearings, they played some video of basically the moments when they breached the Capitol, when the protesters breached the Capitol. Um, It was interesting. I didn't see anything I hadn't really seen before, but it was interesting. Take a listen. 55 to 50 be advised. Capitol Police 1 advised they're trying to breach and get to the Capitol. 50, I copy. And obviously, law enforcement had their hands full there. Why weren't there more law enforcement when they knew that there would be a lot of people coming? There's so many unanswered questions tonight. And I don't think we're ever going to get to the bottom of it with these sham hearings that basically keep repeating the same old thing we've seen. And by the way, some of the latest polls show people are less and less interested on what happened on January 6th. And care a heck of a lot more about the economy, gas prices, inflation, and a lot of those things. 1-800-8489-222. Let's go to Jeff on line three. Go ahead, Jeff. Your thoughts about it. Hi. Thanks. Um, Yeah, I I equate what happened in Washington. I'm not defending it. 100% with the riots that happened every day for months in 2020 after the George Floyd killing. And he was murdered. But, uh, you know, I live on the Upper West Side. I saw stores have boards on their windows and doors that I've never seen before. How many people's lives were disrupted? How many people um, lost their businesses and never recovered? And worse, how many people, um, how, how many police departments are afraid to defend the public because of those riots? So I, you and, know and, you... and Jeff, by the way, there were also, remember, there were officers who were injured. There were a number of people who lost their lives. There was, you know, remember the former cop, uh, David Dorn, who was killed protecting a business in St. Louis, I mean, there were a lot of people who lost their lives, and $2 billion worth of damage is more than 500 protests. And to me, that was absolutely horrible. I don't like violence on any side, and I don't like anybody disobeying the police. But the Democrats want us to all forget that those riots upon riots upon riots in, like, every city in the country didn't happen. I'll give you the last word. Go ahead, Jeff, real quick. Okay, real quick. When you turn on a switch, the light comes on, unless there's faulty wiring. Wiring. I think every time we talk about the Washington riots, we should talk about the George Floyd riots. Thousand percent. I 1,000 percent agree with you, Jeff. Listen to this podcast now on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.